You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. On Medical Files this evening, and Alhamdulillah, you know, I want to, all right, let me, uh, before before I greet you, I, I'm so excited, I want to share the story with you. Mufti A.K. Hussain phones me. He said, Shafaat, our Molana, you know, uh, Molana Rafiq Muhammad, I met him at the Ishtima, and he spoke to me of a special brother, Raid. And, you know, Raid was also, he's a revert, he's known as Ricardo, and so forth and so forth. You know what? Uh, he's got a lovely knowledge on uh, the pandemic and his anti-vax and all that. And I listened to uh, Mufti. I said, yes, Mufti. He said, please try and get him on medical files uh, this week. And, you know, Raid is very busy. He moves around and so forth and so forth. And there's it, people. We managed to get Brother Raid. He's right in front of me. He's a beautiful-looking Lovely human being, powerful indeed. You know, our um, bonding was immediate, you know, and it's efficacious. I hope you're going to feel it this evening. So I'm going to welcome you and also Brother Raid with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and my beloved Brother Raid. Who can it with Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That can buy a hood, buy a yeah, by a good and uh, yeah, you like by for present, you know, for now and then, mashallah, it is, it is trots with, you know, to 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 have you on my radio station. This is my broken Afrikaans, but you know, you know what? It's a lovely language, uh, Raid. It is, it is a, it is a lovely language, a very South African uh, language. You know, people don't uh, realize that, that it was uh, born and bred here. It's got uh, bits and pieces of many of the local languages. I think there's even some Indonesian in there. The word uh, pisang, I think, uh, is actually from from that part of the world. But it's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Really appreciate uh, it. Lovely. Good to have you. And uh, like ard, ard in Arabic, you know, it's all in that Afrikaans. Hey, it did hit alles, mana. Alles. And it's a, the language that many people do speak in this country. Now, uh, right, you know, before we get into our proper topic, a little bit about, you know, mashallah, Allah has blessed you. Um, the late Muhammad Ali, Rahimullah, you know, he said, Me, I'm Muhammad Ali. I'm Muslim by choice, but you are Muslim by birth, pointing at the other Muslims. He said, but you know what? I had to make an informed decision. I had to read up and I had to evaluate, look at my Christianity and look at Islam. And then I made an informed decision. My beloved brother, how was your journey to Islam? You know, perhaps, you know, tell us, because Ansi is a Nuskirak. There is a Nuskirak hate. Can I, Ferranza, say how you came to the, the Dean, Brother Riyadh? I came uh, uh, to, I would say, look, I think there is a, a blessing and an honor, you know, for both, uh, for people who have made the conscious decision uh, in an adulthood to, to, to revert to Islam. Uh, and for those people who have born in the faith, uh, to be on this path is a, is a blessing uh, and an honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to those, uh, whichever way you found yourself uh, on Sirat al-Mustaqim. Uh, for me personally, uh, the journey has come through um, reading uh, the Quran. Um, I was initially under the impression, to be honest with you, that there was only uh, two religions that uh, are monotheistic religions. I was ignorant, I must say. And then that was uh, uh, Christians and the Jews. I thought they were the only ones. Uh, and then I discovered that um, there was 
another religion as well that claimed to be on this uh, monotheistic path, uh, and that was Islam. Uh, and because I enjoy reading uh, now and again, I wanted to find out what is what is this religion about. I've read the Bible, uh, which both these two religions uh, you know adhere to, um, but I have not read the 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 the, the text of of Islam. And I found the text of Islam, which is uh, Al Quran, uh, and I read it. And, and through reading the Quran, um, I realized that this is not uh, any book that could be written by any human being. Uh, and many of the questions that I've had, or some of the issues that were raised uh, in reading the Bible, uh, was decisively answered, you know, in the Quran. Um, and just by reading it, the Quran itself told me that if if you you know uh, come to this knowledge. Uh, and if you're honest with yourself, then you should, you know, accept uh, Islam. And so I did so. Uh, just to give you an, an example of, of, of some of the verses in Quran that were so uh, penetrating is uh, in Christianity, obviously, the, and in, in, in Judaism, uh, what is spoken about uh, the creation, you know, how creation has happened. In the Bible, it says that uh, God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, created uh, everything in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. That's what the Bible said, uh, says. And uh, I found that, you know, to be a bit puzzling because the idea of rest was not, uh, um, it didn't sound right to me. It didn't sound consistent with the majesty and glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Quran obviously says that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created uh, all of uh, this in six days. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does no weariness touches Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that it was a very small correction uh, to the version of the Bible, but a very big uh, correction as well. I tell you, absolutely brilliant. I mean, you, you look at the, yeah, uh, you know, the Genesis and so forth. And also, you know, you find uh, there's a certain verses in the Bible. Uh, I, 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 I will share this with you. George Bernard Shaw, you know, he won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1935. And, you know, he's a writer of the Pygmalion. And when he read the Bible, and he, this is imagine making the statement in 1935, uh, Riyadh, and he says, the Bible is so pornographic, put it under lock and keys and don't let your uh, young daughters and sons uh, re, uh, read them. And I was wondering, what was he talking about? And then you get into Genesis, and you know, you start reading Genesis 19, 33, 35, and all those star stories about uh, Lot, you know, having an incestuous uh, relationship with his uh, daughters and so forth. And uh, many other things that, you know, if you tell a, a, a priest, uh, you know, to read, he'll be shocked. You'll say, no, OK, you know, very selective in what they read. But Allah bless you, Riyadh. You know, maybe we'll have you on another show where we will go into this topic uh, properly and uh, why Brother Riyadh uh, came into Islam and how you came into Islam. And uh, your relationship with uh, Molana Rafiq uh, Muhammad, uh, you know, he's the one that suggested that we bring you on. Uh, how did you, uh, you and Molana Rafiq uh, Muhammad meet and get together? Yes. Um, I am familiar with, uh, I think, uh, Maulana's uh, cousin, uh, which is Dr. Kirsten, Dr. Faiz Kirsten. Uh, so we are working together on this uh, quite a bit on, on, on the pandemic, which we will discuss a little bit uh, more. So I met uh, Maulana Rafiq uh, through Dr. Kirsten. Uh, and, uh, you know, since then, we've had an instant connection as well. I have great respect uh, for Maulana and his perspective on this matter. And also, it, it warmed my heart to meet uh, Maulana Rafiq because, you see, we are essentially fighting evil here. This is a battle of, of, of good versus evil, uh, truth versus falsehood. 
And um, to see that, that initially when I saw there was not too many Muslims taking the battle up front saddened me um, because I think that Muslims have a bit of an advantage uh, as far as understanding this battle of good and evil and truth versus falsehood. So that is how uh, myself and Maulana got to know each other. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, is it the truth wins the foundation that Maulana heads? And uh, perhaps, uh, you know, you must have uh, addressed many issues uh, under his banner. And I remember Maulana calling me many a times to be, you know, to chair the, 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 the platform. And I said, Maulana, you know, like my broadcasting, like something like 24-7. So, you know, I gave him links and so forth. Uh, but, uh, mashallah, Riyadh, uh, great to have you. And inshallah, you're going to conscientize us. And where do we begin? Where do we start? You know, those are the, uh, the. I mean, you know, they say truth prevails and falsehood perishes. And truth by its very nature will, smell, uh, will, will smash falsehood into smithereens. We are seeing something in front of us. We've been ushered into this herd mentality. We've been ushered into a paranoia mentality. We, uh, we have noticed around us someone's manipulating mankind and making billions and billions out of this uh, paranoia. We're watching uh, that uh, the statistics are, are showing something uh, that is uh, there's a very sinister force at work. And there are individuals that's also saying, you know what, Riyadh, this is a biological warfare against mankind. Riyadh, what's your take? Yeah, uh, thank you. As, as you say, we should begin at the beginning. And um, where, I, where I began with this is there was a claim made uh, that impacted on the public, made by the president in South Africa. Obviously, it's made elsewhere as well, but I'm focusing on you know the, our locality. And the president here in South Africa made a claim, uh, and this claim affected you know the public uh, in a big way. Uh, and so the first thing, you know, it, it, when faced with this is to go back to the Qur'an, which is Furqan, and say, how does one deal with this uh, situation? And the Qur'an says, when a Farsic person makes a claim, you know, when a person of, of ill repute, uh, who has a history of, of uh, you know, uh, doing bad things and misleading the public, which these politicians do have, when they make a claim such as this, then we must investigate this claim. We must investigate, uh, we must ask questions, uh, so that we do not uh, inadvertently harm people. You know, this is what, 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 what needed to be done. And it's on this basis then that we ask the simple question. We ask many questions, uh, but eventually we settled on the one question was, you are claiming that there is a virus uh, that is going around, uh, you know, harming and killing people. You say the virus's name is SARS-CoV-2. So show us the virus. We want to see uh, proof from you uh, because we don't just believe you outright. Yeah, uh, Riyadh, I like what you say. You know, it's the eyes of the Quran which says, uh, burhanukum in kuntum Bring me your proof if you are truthful. And, you know, just look at how they calculated uh, how this uh, virus will come through or how this uh, will affect mankind. And it, it became a, you know, orchestrated universal issue. Uh, perhaps the sinister thing, you know, they, they, they want to usher in a new world order. And I, I generally call it, a new world disorder. But as you see in, uh, you know, the uh, anti-vaxxers had come to the fore. And the, the, the beauty of the whole situation is that it came from within the medical profession. It came from, uh, you know, uh, scientists that were involved with viruses. Uh, some they said, no, there's something not right here. And, uh, you know, how, did, how deeply did you look into uh, the, 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 the medical aspect and the scientific aspect of uh, this uh, 
you know, this pandemic that was ushered in so viciously, Riyadh? Yeah, we, well, we, as I say, we went to the very heart of the matter and to the basis of their claim. Uh, we were suspicious of them from the very beginning because these are people who have a reputation of lying and deceiving and corruption, etc. So it wouldn't be wise of us to, to just believe everything they say. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cautioned us. He said, when such kind of people make claims, you must investigate them. And so if we didn't do so, we would have been, uh, you know, made a mistake and not follow the uh, command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we looked at the matter very closely and at the heart of the matter, which is the virus itself. And we asked ourselves this question, you know, does it exist? Have they proven it to exist? Now, to most people, this sounds like a ridiculous question, because to most people, the evidence of the existence of the virus is everywhere. And, but it is not. The, the virus is, a, uh, is supposed, according to them, a physical thing. And so the only way to prove a physical thing existed is to go directly to that thing. And at the moment, people are convinced, convinced that this thing exists because they are told people are dying, people are getting sick. Look at the numbers. The TV says that. But that does not prove anything. That speaks about the thing. And it, uh, it attributes things to the thing. But it is not the thing. The thing is the virus, and the virus needs to be shown under a microscope to exist. And so we wanted that kind of proof. And for the past two years, we haven't gotten any. And if I may explain, you know, um, the people who do say that the virus exists, and they say there has been uh, studies done uh, to prove that it exists, um, I'll explain to you briefly these studies, you know, in terms of how they look like and what is the claim based on. And I'll yeah. explain to you why we find this to be baseless and problematic, and this is not sufficient proof, uh, if I may. Yeah, you know, right, uh, yeah, you may, but, uh, you know, before we, we get to that, uh, I also, you know, would, uh, would like to know, there were these people that, you know, when they took the vaccination and they were going on uh, different uh, platforms and different medias and, you know, showing the world, I took mine. Why haven't you taken yours? And, you know, some I was talking to Dr. Shankara Chetty, who, like yourself, is also quite uh, vociferous about, uh, you know, the vaccinations and uh, 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 quite anti-vax also. And uh, he said, no, I find those people selfish because they are not respecting the opinion of others. And what would your thoughts be? How, how, you know, if, if, if someone said, oh, look at me, you know, I've taken it or you putting our I mean, look at how these uh, governments are putting people up against each other in, in, in family members themselves. They say, oh, you know, you putting us at risk or so you, the, the other thing you're putting us at risk. And this vaccination, the vaxxers and the, uh, you know, anti-vaxxers within a family, they, there's such a split within communities. There's a split. And it seems as if, you know, uh, the government is creating this uh, like a colonial divide in, in, in society. What's your thoughts on that, uh, uh, Raid? Yeah, no, it is quite, uh, you know, since I'm speaking to, to an audience of, uh, of Muslims, I think I should, you know, address the issue right at the core. This is a matter of belief. It is a matter of Iman, of Aqidah. This is what it is all about here. Because you see, the thing is, um, if one skips the step of whether the virus does exist or not, and whether the virus is deadly or not, uh, and if you, you're unaware of any of those kind of questions, then what exactly is the vaccine for? And what exactly are you putting into your body? And of course, there's another part of it is that uh, what are the ingredients of the vaccine? Do you know that or don't you? And I can say uh, for a fact here yeah, 
that uh, no one knows, uh, no one can provide any proof, and therefore no one knows uh, that the virus exists or not. It doesn't. We've, we have checked this very carefully. We have gone to court many times. Uh, if I was found lying, I could have been accused of such. I could have been arrested for such. I mean, the government is, is clamping hard on these things. So it's a matter of belief. You believe uh, in what they say uh, without any facts, without any proof, uh, and you take this. And now you, are, you want to coerce other people uh, to your uh, belief. So that's the, the basic uh, premise on this is there's no proof that the virus exists. And so therefore, there is no need for the vaccine uh, whatsoever, this particular vaccine. Of course, one can discuss the other vaccines as well. But for me, that is the fundamental basis upon which there is no need for this vaccine and why people should not take it, because the, uh, the disease or the virus that it is meant to fight has not been proven to exist. And so the only way that you are taking this uh, is because you believe in them, uh, is because you have put your trust in them, is because you have put your faith in them. It's the only thing. All uh, right. Uh, you know, I find that very interesting indeed. Uh, so you haven't worn a face mask. You haven't sanitized. And uh, mm, how did your colleagues look at, look at you? Well, it is it is tough. Obviously, you know, in some places, you know, I've been threatened with bans and, and all of these things. Uh, you know, when you go to the local shop, it's a very bad situation we are in. Uh, you, you cannot go to your local shop or whatever without being harassed. Uh, so it's a difficult situation. Um, I will be honest with you, I don't always have the patience, uh, you know, to explain to people. You know, luckily my wife has a lot of patience. So she, uh, whenever we engage with someone who sees that we are not wearing a mask or that we do not take the sanitizers and then asks us, uh, why or wants us to take it, then my wife would explain to them. The virus does not exist. We've been asking or it has not been proven to exist. We have been asking these questions in a court of law where people are given sworn statements, uh, oaths, and found lying, you go, you stand the chance of going to jail. And uh, when people come to know this knowledge, uh, they are shocked. So that's, that's what we've been doing. Uh, when people say, put on your mask, please, you're putting me in danger or whatever, and then we have to explain it to them. And uh, most of the time, the responses we get is to total shock. Um, or the response we get is, it's your opinion. I don't want to talk. It's hostility. It's hostility. Uh, so people are hostile. They say, it's your opinion. Uh, the virus does exist because a relative of mine passed away or got sick. And then when we told that person, but how do you know that? The doctor told you that. But uh, in order for us to know this for a fact, this test needs to be done. And, and doctors do make mistakes. That's why you need second opinion. Um, and, and you need autopsies to prove these things. So that's how we've been, I have been handling that kind of situation. You know, uh, Rai, you, uh, you're stimulating me. You're really stimulating a brilliant conversation uh, this evening. And uh, the, the, the point you made, a relative of mine passed away. I mean, I lost so many relatives. And, uh, you know, after speaking to Dr. Shankara Chetty, and I, I said, you know, doctor, you're actually telling me that uh, those relatives of mine could be treated at home. They didn't have to go into these hospitals where they were force-fed with the, some uh, type of uh, poison. That's the term you use. They, poisoned, uh, they put poison into the people. They suffocated them and so forth and so forth. And, uh, you know, sometimes he said, hey, but that tantamounts to murder. He said, yeah, this is what has happened. And uh, this uh, extreme measures were all uh, brought in 
so that the statistics or the level of uh, death, uh, COVID-related deaths, uh, they, they put that all un- uh, under COVID-related deaths. But he said it's all been orchestrated. So we have sinister forces. So those people that we have lost, uh, that went, you know, with the uh, symptoms of having uh, the, the, the the flu symptoms, but they sadly passed on in hospitals. What's your take on that, Raid? Yeah, sadly, that has been the situation uh, that has gone on. Yeah, I have, uh, you know, lost near relatives of mine as well. You know, recently, uh, my auntie passed away as well. Uh, was uh, She was uh, diagnosed to have had COVID, according to these doctors. Um, she was then obviously given uh, sort of what they call the COVID funerals and that sort of thing. Um, a friend of mine passed away in similar circumstances in hospital. Um, where he was, you know, given this kind of treatment for COVID. Um, actually, before they put him onto a ventilator, he said, and he sent it out. He sent out messages to everybody, including myself, that he did not wish to that to to, to happen to him, uh, that he wanted to have a second opinion, etc. And shortly after that, they did, you know, uh, induce him to to uh, you know a coma or something, and they put these uh, these uh, ventilators on him, and he passed away. And the stories of this. Uh, is just uh, unbelievable the amount of because of what I am doing, a lot of people are approaching me with this. People I know, people I don't know, uh, and they explain exactly this has happened. Uh, but you see, the thing is that um, no autopsies are done to prove this. The uh, virus has not been isolated and purified so that one can see it under a microscope. This is this these things have not been done, and so. What we are saying, seeing here is doctors are making diagnosis. They are declaring deaths and signing death certificates in the absence of this information, in the absence of this proof, because they are uh, going along with authority. You know, people must understand the doctors and, and all of these health professionals do not operate in a vacuum and they are not independent. Uh, they belong to uh, different health authorities and councils. And if they do not operate appropriately based on these protocols or directives, they can lose their licenses. Um, so you are not getting diagnoses and these certificates from independent people who have the right to think on their own. There's a directive. And you've seen it as well. Uh, those few doctors who have stood up and stood up you know, vehemently against what's going on, they have been threatened with their licenses being removed. I think in some places, uh, people uh, licenses to practice have been removed. So people must consider that, you know, that purely that your doctor tells you that you have COVID um, uh, does not necessarily mean that you have because your doctor is constrained by the um, policy that the World Health Organization has set and that now every single uh, government, national health department has followed and now every doctor in this country must follow. If they don't, they risk the, the, the possibility of losing their license and their livelihood. You know, uh, right, uh, also, uh, I, I knew uh, quite a few brothers from the funeral uh, or the burial societies. And they told me that, you know, when they went for the body and uh, if you contested the COVID, uh, you know, uh, pronouncement on the death certificate, then they said, OK, uh, we'll hold the body back. Uh, we, uh, we're going to do certain uh, things. We have our protocols to follow, and we can only release the body within uh, a few days later. So, in other words, they, they, the Muslims, you know, you know how quickly we want our burials done. Where 
even if it wasn't a, a COVID death, you, you had to put on the death certificate that he passed off, uh, passed away because he had COVID, and that went into the uh, the statistics. And there again, uh, we found uh, there was uh, people being forced into admitting things that they didn't want to admit. Uh, your take? Yes, uh, 100%. I mean, what is clear now, people should understand that we are operating here under um, conditions of falsehood and lies that are being spread. And there's no more um, that, you know, truth shall stand out clear from error. This has never happened. Well, we are literally in a satanic system. And in this system is not truth will stand out clear from error. In this system is truth. We shall compel you. We shall compel you to take this position. Otherwise, there we will punish you in some way or the other. And you've seen this punitive measures everywhere. Doctors are operating under it. They have to give their diagnosis under these punitive measures. In some instances, I've, I've heard of, of cases where people are being promised some money. And again, the whole process is under the legislation of these people, under the power of these people. And so if you do not want to uh, diagnose as they want to, if you resist uh, uh, saying that people are dying of COVID and, 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 and the related things, then they will punish you in some way or the other. And that's what you see happening here. This is coercion. Uh, this is not a situation where there is allowed uh, truth shall come out based on evidence, based on proof. No. Uh, here, whatever information they want to, to have or whatever point of view they want, they will force you into it. Raid Amarman, he is an anti-vax activist. And alhamdulillah, you know, there's so much we have learned uh, this evening and that coercion that he talks about. They're coercing you to do something that, you know, your soul doesn't want. That divine decree is saying if you uh, use your faculty of thinking and your power of your mind, you won't want it. But suddenly people, you know, the, the, the test here, Raid, is it's a test of your iman also. It's a test of your, you know, who do you have hope in? Who do you believe in? Do you really have implicit faith in the creator? himself or are you you know getting diluted and your faith your faith is being fragmented and perhaps you're showing more faith in things that is man-made or that is uh, concocted by man or that is based on falsehood that's a loaded question but a man of your stature perhaps can give me an answer that can satisfy me and our listeners this evening right it is. It is quite a, an, an important question as well. Um, this is, uh, you know, the president of our country. He makes uh, very many statements. And to answer your question, I want to, you know, go back to some of the statements he makes. So he makes a, view, a few statements and he's made a few statements around, you know, his presidency and this pandemic that is concerning. And that I think if people look at it carefully, they will see some of the clues there uh, to the battle that we are in, what this is really all about. So the president in the beginning, you know, in one of his speeches, he referred to himself or he referred to uh, his era as the new dawn. Now, people must, people who are familiar with this kind of phrase, phraseology will understand that the, the phrase dawn, um, especially new dawn, as they say, this is related to shaitan. Um, there are people who call shaitan, you know, Lucifer. Uh, as the, and one of the names that they say to shaitan is, is the new dawn, is the dawn, the golden dawn. Uh, and in all of these kind of satanic movements, you will have this dawn uh, appear. And of course, uh, they worship the dawn. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Falaq, 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb of the dawn. You know, that they, they worship the dawn, they should be worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and so Sadat Ramaphosa as well, so he says that, and uh, he said now in his most recent speech that he gave at the State of the Nation, he says the battle that we are in, I'm paraphrasing him, he says the battle that we are in now, we are basically fighting for the soul of this nation. This is what he said. Now, I, I thought we are here, you know, he's trying to fight the pandemic. Uh, you know, I think it's fake and I think he's lying. But I think that's what it's about, a physical, material pandemic that we are fighting. And here the president says, we are fighting for the soul of the nation. And I think um, he's correct. You know, he's giving that clue, but he's quite correct. You must understand the consequences of, <clears throat> excuse me, you must understand the consequences of, of, of this claim of a SARS-CoV-2, what it has done. Um, it has closed down uh, places of worship. It has caused Muslims that have said for many years that we must not make spaces in our solar. When we make solar in Jamaat, we must stand shoulder to shoulder, close the gaps, because in the gaps, shaitan comes in the gaps. And we've first, we've said that repeatedly to each other, reminded each other, pulled each other close by, told each other to close the gaps. And now we are on purpose opening those gaps, encouraging people to make those gaps with the knowledge that we have been told many, many, many times that if you open the gap, shaitan comes in there. And uh, this has all happened, uh, my brother. This has all happened because of this claim that was made. Now look at the consequences of this claim. The consequences of this claim has mean that you have to uh, choose. Are you going to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that said you must obey Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Rasulullah has told you, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, not to make gaps because shaitan comes there. Or are you going to listen to Ramaphosa and them? People who are in their statements allude to shaitan and the worship of shaitan. And these people are telling you to do these things and they provide you with no proof. They just make a claim. So this is indeed what it's all about, my brother. This is what it's all about. Look, in general, all life is a, is a, is a battle for the souls of uh, truth and falsehood. But here, the battle has peaked. I think it has reached a new height here. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, you know, uh, brilliant indeed. And also, you know, you're saying uh, bringing the, uh, the new dawn and the battle of the souls. It's talking the, uh, the language of uh, Lucifer, as you said. And, and then we talk about the age of Aquarius. You know, in the 70s, they brought it through music and they brought it through the hippie era, the new age of Aquarius. And that was the Shaitani era uh, brought in. Now it's, uh, you know, pushing in uh, so uh, at, 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 at a level where, you know, the uh, many years ago, uh, right, on, uh, you know, another platform, I interviewed a brother from uh, Congo and he was into this uh, occult thing and this and that. So, uh, you know, and he told me, I would like to tell you that this world is run by uh, occult. I said, what do you mean? He said, no. You see the jinns and all that. The people that are being controlled and patrolled are these world leaders are all disciples of these jinns which happen to be all the, you know, disciples of shaitan. And at that time, I, you know, I said, hey, this guy's gone a bit too, uh, you know, far ahead of himself. But looking at what's happening now, right, I mean, perhaps he said something that uh, was truthful because we can see it's happening in front of us. How would you have reacted now after, you know, at that time I was skeptical. I feel like phoning him now and say, you know, brother, could I have a second interview with you? And uh, 
perhaps uh, we should do it. Maybe you, me, and him. You know, on on uh, another day, uh, right? Inshallah, inshallah. Uh, my brother, as I say to you that uh, yes, um, his statement is correct. Um, Shaitan has has taken over here, you know, um, or at least the, those adherents of Shaitan. The adherents of Shaitan are the ones who are running the show at this moment, um, because as you see, all of the principles of of justice and of goodness are being turned on its head, you know. Um, and the blasphemy that uh, is pushed forward in this period of time. You must remember, in this period of time, you have to look at what are the consequences, what are the results. Uh, I have just explained to you one of those consequences is that, um, um, you know, the force that is happening, that people are being compelled. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us, we are not allowed to compel people to believe. The people must believe in what they believe, right or wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge them, you know, one day uh, for the things in which we differ. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward those who have believed the truth and those who have rejected the truth will be punished. But in the system of shaitan, it does not work like that. In the system of shaitan, you have to coerce and you have to compel when it comes to the matter of, uh, of belief. The other is that, uh, you know, these people are speaking blasphemy and we are allowing the blasphemy to, to go around us. They say that uh, may Allah protect us, that some people are born in the wrong bodies, male, female, that sort of thing. And uh, now, actually, just before I, I spoke to you, I, went, I go through the, to the news headlines. And you must understand, this coincides with what's going on now, the pandemic, etc. But in this pandemic, the call for transgender and the LGBTQ and all of these things have progressed quite a bit. Today, I've heard a report that during this period now, the uh, government is considering changing the school uniforms of the children so that the school uniforms can now uh, reflect the gender neutrality or the gender fluidity or whatever they want to call it. But these things are happening. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, the Church of, Sat of Satan uh, was allowed to be established, officially recognized in Cape Town. This happened during the pandemic. There are so many countries who have, uh, you know, you know, uh, progressed with their abortion, reg uh, you know, uh, legislation and things like that during this pandemic. As I say, the the pillar, the very fundamental pillars of Islam have been affected by this. You know, um, we've seen how people are trying to 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 like I've just told you, there's no proof that the virus exists. No, no, any proof or evidence that someone can tell you the usefulness of this vaccine. But there have been ulama uh, who have been trying to convince people using Quran and Sunnah that to support this Satanist agenda, the very same people who are, make, who are supporting this kind of blasphemy uh, and now are trying to change the uniforms of children to reflect this transgender things. These are the very same people who are making these claims, the very same people who are doing these things and the very same people who many ulama have found the need to support. So this is really a system of shaitan that we are under here, brother. You know, right? you talk about this, this evil force that's coming through and it's anti-Quran, it's anti-Bible, it's anti-God. And, you know, it actually has, you know, if you're a lukewarm individual and, you know, your faith is not implicit in God, you can be shown up because what happens? The hypocrites, you know, they're like lukewarm. They're not fully into uh, uh, about, about what they really believe in. 
And, you know, generally we talk about, uh, you brought up the issue, and I think Amufti AK, who said he's very vociferous on this one, talks about scholars for dollars. And it seems like money is being dangled all over. I mean, this uh, whole pandemic thing is making billions and making zillions of people. People that are millionaires are becoming, uh, you know, richer and richer, and the middle class is uh, virtually being wiped out. Who does it serve then, if there's no middle class, uh, right? No, no, I think uh, Mufti was 100% uh, correct uh, what is going on here. What is being served here is the agenda uh, and the objectives of shaitan uh, and those uh, supporters of shaitan who are, you know, Allah SWT warns us about these people uh, in extreme detail. Allah SWT warns us that there is unfortunately this unholy alliance uh, between uh, the jinn and, uh, and some human beings around here. And that some of these human beings, they, they, they shaitan in, in the, the way that they behave. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us about their secret societies, forbids us to engage in this kind of secrecy. Because there shouldn't be such secrecy in religion. There shouldn't be such secrecy when it comes to truth. But these people are involved in, in secrecy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us that these there are people, they speak with dazzling and beautiful words on how they want to fix the world how they want to set the world straight and create order. But they are the, the mischief makers. Uh, and these people constantly strive to make mischief uh, in the world and uh, that they are working to advance evil. Allah SWT makes it clear that there is, there is unfortunately not too many sides to the battle and the fight that we are in now here. There is evil that works together, uh, that has a system. Uh, and it's very organized, unfortunately, and that's why we're having the situation. And then there's us as the believers who have uh, forgotten the warning that Allah has given us, that shaitan is our enemy and we should treat him as such. And when these things happen, we don't watch out to see uh, the footsteps or the footprints of shaitan in it. Uh, we just uh, in, you know, take it for what it is uh, you know, in front of us and whatever they say. But we should constantly be on guard and be on lookout. Uh, that something is not to do with shaitan and not a, a, a weapon that is used against us. Um, this is unfortunately, as believers, our responsibility. We have been lulled into sleep and uh, we have turned away from the guidance that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And Allah has warned us about these uh, religious leaders and teachers uh, who sell their religion for a miserable price. You know, uh, right, then you talk about uh, the Freemasonry movement, you talk about the Illuminati, you talk about the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers. This entity, I mean, uh, the Rothschilds and Rockefellers uh, ushered in uh, the Riva system and uh, the banking system of this world. And uh, presently we're living, I mean, our everyday transaction is done with, uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I declare war on uh, people that deal in usury, that uh, take uh, partake of uh, Riva. And it seems as if we as Muslims, I mean, we're not free from this uh, we, we, because we're using that fiat money that is part of a riba system. So in, you know, unwittingly, we be we, partaking of haram, uh, right? Your take? 100 uh, percent. You know, the this is the means of how they have used to get us into this uh, situation. They have used the riba and they have convinced Muslims. Uh, I mean, they've convinced most nations uh, to go into riba. Uh, the Jewish community, they were very early on in the game, they were deluded into going into to accepting riba as a normal thing, even as a strategy to use against others. 
And uh, the Christians, they also accepted, uh, you know, riba to be a normal thing, time value of money and all of these things that they say, uh, these false excuses. And then the Muslims now were the last, uh, sadly, you know, and, and, you know, alhamdulillah, there is still a lot of Muslims like myself who are still, you know, vehement against this. But a lot of Muslims through uh, this Islamic banking uh, has been convinced that uh, somehow you can make this uh, riba uh, fine and normal by calling it Islamic banking, but it is not. And that has been the, the basis of, of, of their takeover of the world. That's why they've taken over the world like this. And that is why in these court cases that we are fighting here, uh, one of the respondents in the constitutional court matter here is the Reserve Bank. We're accusing the Reserve Bank that they have financed this uh, pandemic and they have put place the South African people in enormous debt, debt slavery because of this. Um, and so they are responsible. They are responsible because they've done so without there being any proof that the virus exists. And that uh, all we can see here is a plan uh, and a movement towards enslaving the people of South Africa and destroying the people of South Africa and the world. And they, with their system, they are the masters of riba in this country, or at least the system overseeing the system. And they are fundamentally responsible, in, our, in my view. You know, Alhamdulillah, yeah, it makes me think about uh, the Jewish lobby in America. You know, they call them APAC, uh, American Israeli Press Affairs Committee. And you notice how they operate, uh, rather. You know, they back uh, both the opposition and the power pos- uh, a party in power position. And, you know, it's like they say, heads we win, tails you lose. And uh, this is uh, also uh, how uh, the, uh, you know, they say the, the shaitani movements are working in this country. They're backing everyone. They're giving the ANC money, they're giving the PAC money, they're giving the EFF, and you'll go to the bottom line. It is the same individual that's giving all of them money and keeping everyone busy, you know, fighting each other. But uh, the, the real wealth of this uh, country is, uh, you know, they're, they're just siphoning away and taking it away with the, with the, uh, with the smirk on the face, uh, uh, right? No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the uh, and the system does this. You know, they, they would not be able, APEC and all of these people, they would not be able to do this to fund everybody if they first did not have this riba system that they control that gives them the ability to create money out of thin air. And, and we are faced with dire situation here. You know, in our court battles, as I say, in the beginning of our court battles, we said, show us the virus. They have failed to do so. And we say, therefore, everything that they're doing is invalid because they cannot make claims without providing proof. And so we're fighting that in the constitutional court. We have strong evidence against them. And uh, to show you the, the, the kind of influence they have here. The Constitu- so we, we, we had another case in the high court of, of Cape Town where we say because there is a case in the constitutional court that challenges the validity of these measures fundamentally. Uh, and so there's a possibility that that court can rule that these measures are invalid, illegal, and therefore, um, you know, consequent criminal charges and that sort of thing should follow. We are saying to the high court, we said this to the high court now in Feb, the 4th of Feb, therefore, you have to interdict, you have to interdict all of these measures until we have a final determination here, whether these measures are indeed lawful or not. And a strange thing, that to, 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 to give you an example of this, where they control almost every lever of power, while, while we were fighting in the high court, and then obviously we are fighting in the constitutional court, all of a sudden, the constitutional court came back with an order that they have rejected our you know, application for direct access to the constitutional court 
within a week, within a week of us appearing before the high court. And then in the high court, the president's lawyers, the president's lawyers came with this order from the constitutional court and said, look here, that matter is dismissed in the constitutional court or is rejected. So therefore you have to kick it out here. And so uh, you see here the uncanny coordination. I'm not, I don't have proof. I cannot make the claim that they are somehow colluding together. But what I can say is that it was so convenient that the constitutional court came back so quickly and just to add so quickly so that the president's lawyers can use it against us in another case. But they were, una they, they were unable to do so because, number one, we could see that the constitutional order, there were some problems with it, many serious problems. Uh, the one problem that there was, obviously, is a bit of a minor problem. They spelt my name wrong on the order, the highest court in, in the country. They spelt my name wrong. The second was the president appointed four judges to his case. He appointed four judges to the constitutional court, and these judges formed part of the judges now looking at this matter in which he is the first respondent, in which there is huge consequences for him, and they make this uh, kind of decision. And so we are now in the constitutional court fighting that, and we are saying the president cannot choose his own judges to his own case. This is fundamentally unjust. But in a system of shaitan, uh, this is, uh, it goes, I guess. And so part of us fighting against them is to prove this is false, to prove falsehood in the light of day for what it is falsehood. And secondly, there was a few judges who made rulings uh, in the lower courts that now if, if, if we, if the ruling in the constitutional court was in our favor, then their previous rulings would have been overturned. And here I want to cite one of those judges, uh, Judge Unterhalter. Uh, he was an acting judge in the Supreme Court of Appeal, where they kicked out a matter that questioned the lockdown validity. And now, six months later, more or less, he is in the Constitutional Court looking at our matter, questioning the validity. So this is the kind of shenanigans that are going on. And unfortunately, because of their control over the riba, uh, they control almost every aspect of the system. And we know this, um, but we are not deterred by this. Because as you said in the beginning, uh, truth is bound to destroy falsehood and knock out uh, its brain. I tell you, uh, Rai, you know, you're eloquent. By any chance, I missed something here. Are you an attorney? No, no, I'm not an attorney. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, I've had to study, uh, you know, legal strategy and that sort of thing quite a bit. Um, because uh, of these kind of battles that I've just explained to you. From the Constitutional Court to the High Court, we have been fighting now more or less for two years on this issue. An issue that for most people is so clear and simple, that the virus does exist. If it was so clear and simple, the president and the government would not spend the enormous amounts of money to fight these kind of cases with us. They would just show us the proof. End of story. Uh, so that should show people. But but no, I'm not a lawyer. Ah, come, I'm going to give you your, yeah, yeah, there's your lawyer's certificate. You you saw that, right? That's yours. You frame it, tell me, you know, Shafat Khan gave it to me on that radio show. He said, no, I'm it. But Alhamdulillah, and what about, you know, we talk about the riba system, gold dinar. How much have you got? Have you kept a few away? I think that's the safest bet today for us. Is to invest in gold dinar, right? No, I think I think it is the safest bet. It is it is true money. It is real money. 
Um, the current system that we have is, is, not, is not real money. You know, people have been swindled. Uh, and you see, this is the thing. People find it uh, so difficult uh, when you are saying that there is no virus that exists, that it is built on a pure lie. And people don't understand that the financial system, the monetary system, is built on a pure lie. You have, you know, uh, paper in your wallet that is manipulated, mm. can be reduced at any time. It's, it's, it's a pure fiction. You just watch what happened in, uh, when they invaded uh, Iraq. Um, the money became worthless overnight. How does that happen? How does money become worthless overnight? The only way that happens is been worthless all along. Uh, and, and, as, and that is one of the scams and the deceptions that they've pulled on people. And unfortunately, again, like now, a lot of Muslim ulama have fallen for this deception that there isn't a virus, but they are trying to twist the Quran and Hadith to back up these, uh, you know, lying uh, shaitans here. And the same with the riba system. There isn't money. It is fake. It is a scam. But uh, yet some ulama want to give it the stamp of uh, Islamic finance and Islamic banking. These people operate on lies and deception. Um, if you agree with me, this is the system of shaitan. Shaitan does not have the truth. The truth uh, is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, if you back shaitan, you are backing lies and falsehood in every turn and corner. And that's why I can say this with confidence. I can say with confidence that uh, I, I do not think they have the virus because so far they have not shown any proof. And I have seen them tell people unbelievable lies. And sadly, I have seen many people believe these many lies, clear lies, blatant lies, uh, but they believe them uh, religiously, blind faith in them. I tell you, I found someone that speaks my language uh, this evening. And uh, you know, you, in other words, we're living in a world of delusion. Yeah, the money that you have is not real money. Um, the government that you have is not someone that is just untrustworthy. Uh, whatever you have, the law enforcement that you have is so complicit in uh, heist, is also uh, uh, doing the robbery, is doing the murder. Uh, we've got people that, are, uh, that they, you know, they, as you said, the, ju the judiciary is compromised. You go to the prisons. Uh, they, it seems every aspect of society from government level right to the person from at the bottom, school kids are killing each other. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, pregnancy, uh, nine, ten-year-old having children. Are we at that time, and everyone said it, at end times, right? I cannot, uh, I, I cannot say, to be honest with you, with certainty, um, but there are, there are people who are trying to steer us to that. This is all, you know, a whole other discussion, but there are some people who are trying to create the impression. Those who are in charge, this evil uh, uh, shaitans who are in charge of the world at the moment and who are steering the destiny of the world at the moment, or at least they think they are, they are trying to create that impression. They are pushing these things on purpose. Like I've told you, they have convinced the ANC government uh, to promote, uh, you know, uh, uh, homosexuality, transgenderism, to a point now that they are going to change the uniforms. And so, they want to create that idea that we are we are living in the end times and, and the world is about to be uh, destroyed. But part of the reason that we are going through this kind of situation, uh, my brother, is because as Muslims, we have fundamentally failed in our duty. Uh, one, uh, to encourage good and to forbid evil, to speak against it, to stop it. We have failed in that. 
Uh, in South Africa, for example, the, fa the favorite refrain that you get from the Muslims is, well, uh, we, are, we are not, you know, we are sort of guests in this country. I don't understand. We are guests in this country and we mustn't upset the system and we mustn't speak out against, uh, you know, the evils that we see here. We're not allowed to do that. So Muslims play that kind of game, uh, don't want to upset the system and therefore don't want to speak truth. But it has even gone worse than that. Many Muslims are in the forefront uh, many times in promoting these falsehoods and, and, and trying to, to, to convince Muslims uh, to accept this falsehood and to accept the rule of shaitan over us. I'll give you an example of what is going on here. We can probably give many examples, but Professor Karim, I've seen uh, Professor Abdul Karim, you know, he's paraded around, um, you know, some of the Muslim uh, platforms uh, as a man that we should trust, uh, he, you know, and this man is intimately connected uh, with these shaitans uh, who are promoting these things. And we, we posed a question directly to Professor Karim, uh, he was a respondent in our earlier court case where we asked the question, show us the virus. And we sent doc documents and, you know, to Professor Karim saying that he needs to come to court and he needs to, under oath in court, uh, prove to us that the virus exists. He needs to do that. And we've explained to him uh, what exactly we require. We don't want anecdotes of people are dying and things like that. We want decisive proof. He understood and he replied to an email back to us, uh, to my lawyers, and he said, well, I don't work there anymore, so please don't ask me that kind of question. And then in another email he said, um, and I think you should also not ask that question of the President Ramaphosa, you should only ask that question of uh, Dlamini Zuma. Now this is, this is a man who has told people the virus is coming, it's going to be there next week, is going to be like this and the other. The kind of claims he's made about the virus is unbelievable. He sort of missed the virus. But when we asked him a direct question, he could not provide us any proof. And after we've engaged him like that through these papers, he has appeared in front of Muslims many times. He has appeared in front of the media many times. He has not once alluded to this issue. He has not once said, you know, by the way, there is this uh, young man, uh, uh, Ricardo Marman, deluded. Here is the proof. He says there's no virus, but here's the proof. He's never done that. He's never done that. And uh, this is the problem that we have as Muslims. We do not hold each other accountable um, and we do not hold evil accountable. We do not forbid it. We do not stop it. We do not speak out against it. Uh, we close our eyes. And in many instances, some who call themselves Muslims amongst us are supporting these people. And as Muslims, we are happy as, as long as the man's name is Abdul Karim or something like that. Uh, and then we say, no, he's Muslim and we will follow him. Uh, we will look no further. Hmm. I tell you, Raid, look at the time. We've run out of time. You know, fascinating conversation. Um, your parting words. I'll give you a minute to uh, give, uh, give us your parting words. I would like to say that uh, as Muslims, you know, that we should get involved um, in our societies and we should understand that this is a battle of, of good and evil uh, and that we should indeed get involved. There is not enough Muslims who are involved in this fight that we are fighting. Uh, personally, I would say as well, uh, in, in terms of these legal battles that we are in, there's not a lot of Muslim support. I am happy uh, that, you know, that you've reached out to me and that I have this opportunity to engage Muslims here. But it's important for Muslims to get into this fight. If Muslims don't work together, 
and get into a fight like this, then evil and mischief will spread over the world as it is now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us that. And uh, one last point I want to make is I want to say that there is no proof that the virus exists. And until such proof is provided, then when there's no virus, then there's no need for any vaccinations related to it. And there's no need for any early treatments. Um, so I'll just leave that words there. And I will ask everyone, please, we, we're in a tough fight here. Support us where you can. You know, we have a website, uh, showusthevirus.info. Please go there, support us with information, uh, resources, wherever you can. And uh, please, uh, uh, you know, financial support, we would need that as well. These uh, court battles are costly. I've just explained the amount of battles we are in. Um, and lastly, I would say, please turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, uh, ask forgiveness for all of us and uh, turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the strength and the capacity uh, to overcome this evil uh, that has spread over our land. Jazakallah um, khairan. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to everyone. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our brother Raid Marman. Send to you, inshallah. Jazakallah for giving us the information. I got a gut feeling we'll be talking more often with you. You have a blessed evening ahead, my beloved brother. And Allah keep your truth yeah, flourishing, inshallah. It must flourish. And inshallah it will. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Time for us to go for a break. Uh, yeah, no, we're going for the Isha Azan and we will continue after that.